to the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can find me on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. And if you like what you hear today, please head to your podcast provider. Hit subscribe if you haven't already. And leave a comment and a rating as well, really trying to pump those numbers up. Uh, things finally getting rolling in the NHL. Last week, the players agreeing to a return-to-play format. And yesterday, Commissioner Gary Bettman spoke to the public outlining the format and the draft lottery. So that's what we're going to talk about today and how this all will affect the Maple Leafs. And just a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by Bill Barr, the best tasting protein bar on the market today. Head to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. That's BuiltBar.ca with the promo code LOCKEDON. All right, so first and foremost, let's go ahead and chat about what Commissioner Gary Bettman said in his big press conference yesterday. A big-time announcement came down um, where he basically confirmed what we already somewhat knew of a 2014 playoff format that the, the players agreed to over uh, last week, and I discussed that on, on, on uh, last week's podcast, and Gary Bettman kind of going through the little, you know, the fine details of how it's all going to work out. So essentially, here is the Coles Notes version of the press conference. So, first and foremost, the season's over. 2019-2020 NHL regular season is over. Boston, President's Trophy winners. Pasternak and Ovechkin co-winning the Rocket Richard. I may go into this a little bit in a later episode because I, I kind of think Ovi should win it. But we're not going to get into that now. Uh, Drysidel wins the Art Ross, uh, so that you know that's that's basically how it's all going to shake up. Uh, Quinn Hughes ends up being the leader in, in rookie points with 53. Um, so the season, that's it, that's it. The 2019-2020 season, which means there are seven teams now in the NHL that are done. Their year is over, um, and those seven teams include the Detroit Red Wings. The Ottawa Senators, the San Jose Sharks, the Anaheim Ducks, the LA Kings, the Buffalo Sabres, and the New Jersey Devils. Their seasons are finished, and they will not be back and playing hockey until the 2020-2021 season, whenever that may be. Um, For the remaining 24 teams, uh, the top four teams in each conference are receiving automatic playoff berths. So that's Boston, Tampa, Philly, and Washington in the East. Colorado, Vegas, St. Louis, and Dallas in the West. The teams ranked 5 through 12 will take part in a play-in series to determine their opponents. So in the East, we have Montreal versus Pittsburgh, Carolina versus New York, uh, New York, Carolina versus the Rangers, sorry, the New York Islanders versus the Florida Panthers, and then the Leafs taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets. These will be in five-game series. And then out West, you have Chicago, Edmonton, Nashville, Arizona, Vancouver, Minnesota, and then Winnipeg versus Calgary. So the opening round, um, they're going to be a best-of-five series with the winners moving into the traditional playoffs, which will be a 16-team playoffs. And then the, the eight who got eliminated actually move and have are somewhat entered into the draft lottery, uh, which I will go over 
later in this episode because it is a little bit confusing the draft lottery so if you're still not sure how the draft lottery is going to work i'm going to try and explain it to you but i'm going to be quite honest with you i don't know if i have a hundred percent grasp of how the draft lottery uh, the draft lottery works i think i do i'm pretty sure i do you tell me if if that's how it works because i'm pretty sure it, i i do so make sure that you stick with me the rest of the way because uh, we will be touching on that later on um so the opening round is going to be between so the four teams that advanced got that playoff berth and they're going to be taking on the teams who won the um, the qualifying rounds. So it's still undecided whether or not that they're going to be bracketed or if it's going to be reseeded and whether or not they're going to play five or seven games. So although Batman came out and made all these big de declaring statements like, oh, this is the way we're, we're going to return to play, it's going to be this format, yada, 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 there still are some things that they're discussing that they need to try and, and figure out themselves. And that is one. You know, Once they get out of the qualifying round, uh, they still got to figure out whether or not they want to do it a five-game series or a seven-game series and whether or not that they're going to bracket it so that you know the, the top four teams are just going to have uh, you know this team, you know Montreal and Pittsburgh, the winner of that automatically plays Philly, or uh, you know the winner of Toronto and Columbus automatically plays Boston, or is it going to be reseeded in case a team like Montreal defeats Pittsburgh, in which case they'll face Boston because they're the top-ranked team uh, left in the in the in the um, in the East. So that stuff is still to be determined. Uh, we, I'll definitely update you on that once that information is relayed out to the public. A couple of the things, the rosters. Uh, traditionally, you have you know, 21 skaters and, and two goalies. You have 23 players on a roster at any given time. Uh, up to 23 players, I guess. You could, you could carry a little bit less if you wanted to. But the way that the rosters are going to work here is because you know there's no AHL going on. So it's not like you can just call up guys. And they don't want to call up players and just have a bunch of guys lying around if they don't need them to be. So what the NHL is reportedly doing is they're going to expand the rosters to 28 skaters and then have unlimited goalies, but I'm sure teams won't have any more than maybe four goaltenders. Um, you're going to want to have goalies, though, like at least a couple extra just in case injuries start to pile up because, again, once they start going, like this is your roster, this is your team, you can't make another call-up. So... You know, in the case for, for the Leafs, let's say Freddie Anderson goes down and then also, um, let's say, Jack Campbell somehow gets, you know, COVID or something. He gets sick. He can't play. If you didn't bring extra goalies, now you're sitting there. You don't have a goalie and you're playing in do-or-die playoff games, essentially. So they're probably going to have three or four goalies each team as well as 28 skaters. Um Something else that's kind of interesting is that the rest of the season is going to be played out in two host cities. Toronto being one of the 10 teams that are listed as, uh, as, as options for the league. And they're currently deciding on which teams are going to choose. But that was something that did come out that was new news in the conference, in the press conference. I think over time we all kind of assumed that it was going to be host hub cities. But what we didn't know was that they're only going to make two, one for the Eastern Conference playoff and one for the Western Conference playoff, which makes sense when you think about it, but it just seemed like they wanted to have maybe up to four or six. Those are the, the, the numbers that we heard early on uh, when they were going through and trying to figure out how that they could go about it, but it looks like they landed on two. Now, they haven't chosen those two yet. I'm sure it's going to take some time. I know that 
uh, or, or I've heard that a, a problem with using one of the Canadian cities with Vancouver and Edmonton being the other two additionally uh, with Toronto that are options the mandatory 14-day quarantine that the government has in place could potentially restrict the NHL from choosing Canadian cities. Um, so they may have to end up going to the going to the U.S. to do it. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna end up seeing what happens. I don't know. I, I believe there are conversations being had with the NHL and with the governments, whether it's provincially or or federally, about kind of lifting that ban for for these athletes because. Like, realistically, they, they've been in quarantine this whole time. Like, they should be good to go. Plus, once they get there, they're all going to be tested. And if they all pass, then what's the point of having to quarantine them for another two weeks for no reason? And that just delays everything two more weeks. Whereas in the States, they're a little bit more lenient depending on the state. And they can get going and start with the training camps uh, right away. So, I think it's going to all kind of come down to whether or not um, Canada is going to kind of lighten up on their quarantine um, when you're coming in from other countries. Because keep in mind, you have players coming in from the States. You have players coming in from Sweden, Czech Republic, Russia. Like, you got guys coming in from all over the world, um, and they're going to be traveling via airplanes. So it could be dangerous, and it's something that can, the Canadian government might not feel comfortable with doing. Uh, so we're, we're going to have to see what ends up happening there. Uh, the other thing, too, is if you have it in a Canadian city, it's going to be cheaper. Like, economically, I feel like the NHL should want to do it in a, in a Canadian city, which means Toronto, the hockey mecca of the world, seems like a great fit. And then have either Edmonton or Vancouver host on the west side and just keep everything in Canada. And the reason for that is just because the Canadian dollar is so much cheaper than the American dollar and, and the, the cost that it's going to take to to uh to operate everything is gonna be so much cheaper to do it in canada than it would be having to pay u.s dollars in the states that and the fact that there's you know free health care in canada so <laughs> you know why uh, if something does happen and they have to rush somebody to a hospital you know it's, it's not going to cost the team an arm and a leg so there's a couple of reasons uh stacks for being host cities in in canada and also being against so that that information not yet known they're still kind of deliberating on on what they want to do um and again once that information comes out i'll get it to you guys and the last thing is is each team are going to have two ex exhibition games before that they start the qualifying rounds that's you know both teams so that's that's going to be good too kind of like their exhibition like preseason essentially they're going to have two games each uh which is better than just having to play the uh, which I thought that they were just going to be like inter squad games, which would be you know not great because they're never the same. Like I I know that you know back when when I played sports, whenever you were in practice doing the inter squad stuff, it just it, it's not the same as real in game when you're playing against other opponents. You know that 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 fire is kind of there when you first get to play somebody else. Um, so being able to play a couple exhibition games before playing games that matter is going to be really important. Also, I don't know if I mentioned that 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 the top four teams who won uh, their conference that were fourth, the top four teams in the conference, they're also going to be playing games while the play-in series are happening. Um, so they're all going to kind of do like a round robin type thing. And again, it's not determined whether or not that's going to decide on on their seating for the top four teams or or whatnot or if it's just a way for them to to play games and stay fresh while the other teams are, are playing games so uh still a bunch that we got to figure out but uh, but we do know that if once 
you know, hopefully not not if no longer. I think I'm I'm ready to say once hockey gets back because I do believe we're gonna get it. Uh, this is the way that it's gonna work. So, you know, we're gonna get Leafs hockey back this season, and you know the, the the one thing that we do know is that we have the Columbus Blue Jackets, and that's gonna be who we're gonna play. And I, I, we're not gonna go too deep into it on this episode because you know we're still a couple of months away so we still have time to really dig deep and analyze these two teams and analyze the matchup i will talk about it a little bit on the other side but first uh, i do want to tell you guys a little bit about today's show sponsor and that's built bar it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar they have 20 flavors including some brand new ones that are rolling out this week some have nuts some are nut free so there's a bar for everyone they're soft and easy to chew and did i mention that they're healthy low calorie high fiber bars they're the go to protein bar for health conscious people who are looking to indulge in a delicious treat while trying to lose or maintain weight. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on for $10 off your first order. And get this Built Bar is offering an additional $5 off every box all week long to celebrate Memorial Week down south. So remember, guys, go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. Okay, so what does all of this mean for Toronto? So, did Toronto make the playoffs? Technically, not yet. They still have to go through a qualifying round to face the Columbus Blue Jackets to determine which of those two teams will advance into the technical playoffs. And the loser is actually going to go into the uh, an opportunity to fall into the draft lottery. So, um, again, I will get into that a little more deeper after I discuss what, what this all means for Toronto. Um, I think maybe tomorrow I'm going to get somebody on to debate and predict which 28 players that the Leafs uh, will and should use for the playoffs. But we do know a couple of things, uh, thanks to Kyle Dubas doing the media rounds today. Um, he also did mention that most players are actually en route or, or already in Toronto, and they're getting ready to do their quarantine so that they can be ready uh, should they decide to start up a training camp in early June, I know that, you know, the Commissioner Bettman said that odds are Phase 3 and the preseason won't technically start, um, and training camps won't technically start until at least, at the earliest, July 1. So, I mean, they're trying to get everyone back in uh, as soon as possible so that they can start doing Phase 2, which is small individual workouts and, and workouts in small groups. And uh, Duba saying that, you know, a bunch of players have started to... to make their way back to Toronto. Um, a couple other things. So Ely Mikheyev and Jake Muzzin were both injured at the time of the stoppage and have both been cleared to play again. So the Leafs are going to get healthy. Mikheyev and, and Muzzin will be back and will be ready to play. Uh, I didn't hear any word on uh, Andreas Janssen. He had ACL surgery, so I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say that they're probably just going to be cautious and, and just tell him to take it easy because coming back and getting right into playoff hockey after being off for, for so long probably isn't the, the easiest thing to do. Um, and if he does come back, maybe it'll be a little later. But I think Janssen is going to be uh, a guy who we might not see unless maybe they make a run. And it's very possible. Great team. They could do it. I mean, if you look back at our very first episode, I think we say this is a team that could make a run for the Stanley Cup. And, and I... I mean, they can on paper. They got a terrific team. Uh, but we'll see what ends up happening with Janssen. I know that 
Kyle Dubas did say that their number one top prospect, Nick Robertson, is going to join the team and take part in training camp, and he'll be one of the 28 men on their roster that will be eligible to uh, to play. So if you're not too familiar with Nick Robertson and you don't really follow prospects all that much, he is the Leafs' number one prospect. He was their second-round pick that they took last year. A lot of people thought that he should have been a first-rounder, and he went out and had an outstanding year for the Peterborough Peets. 55 goals, 31 assists, 86 points in just 46 games. Yeah, 55 goals in 46 games. Um, Really, really excited to watch this kid and see what he can do. I think a couple of things. I don't know if he's going to end up making the team and making the roster because he he will have to be kind of a top six player. He is a short... Uh, a smaller-ish player, which I know it's it's uh, he's a Maple Leaf with a small player. Oh, don't uh, you think? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, they have a lot of them, so I'm not too surprised, you know. But he is one heck of a player. He is skilled, 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 and he can put the puck in the back of the net. If he has a good shout, a good showing throughout training camp and in those exhibition games, I mean, heck, he could put himself in the conversation to make this team and give him some valuable, valuable reps, not only in practice against the top players in the world that are in the NHL, but also once they get those exhibition games, they'll be able to get a a, a second look, an extra look at Robertson. Because if I'm not mistaken, they ended up sending him down before any uh, any exhibition games were played in the preseason prior to, to this year. So they didn't get a look at him in real NHL games. They sent him down before uh, he ever got a chance um, just because they had so many other players that they wanted to get a look at. So this will be his first real chance to to prove to Kyle Dubas, prove to the organization that he has what it takes and he's ready to take the next step into the NHL. Um, and this is going to be an opportunity for him to do it. So I think that's that's something that's going to be really cool. Uh, that's something that I'm going to be keeping an eye on is, is how well Robertson is playing in these games because, again, He's somebody who I think has a bright future in the NHL and for the Maple Leafs. You know, he just signed it earlier this spring, his entry-level contract. So it, he'd burn a year to to do this, which which is which is fine. Like that's if you're gonna go out there and play meaningful playoff games, that's worth it. If he can prove that he deserves to be there, I mean, it's gonna be tough. Don't get me wrong. It's it's a good team. The Leafs have a very very strong roster. Uh, and it's going to be tough to see if, if he can unseed somebody in that top six. But technically, there is an option. There's an opportunity there. There is. So we'll see if he can do it. Um, but most importantly, the news that was confirmed is it's going to be the Leafs and Blue Jackets in a five-game playing series to see who makes it to the playoffs. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm not as sold as some others uh, in Leaf land, I've seen on Leafs Twitter saying, oh, that's an easy, easy win for Toronto. I'm not as convinced that they'll beat Columbus handily. Now, I'm not saying that I don't think Toronto's going to win because I do. I just think it's going to be a tougher challenge. Um, I think there's a couple of reasons for it. Like, Toronto struggles against tougher teams that play with a structure defensively, with defensive, uh, strongly defensively structured teams. That's exactly what Tortorella and the Blue Jackets do. Um, they have an outstanding defensive core, and they have some great two-way players that play with a heavy defensive-style game. That's kind of what the Leafs struggle with. So to play them in a five-game series, I think that it's it's going to give them a little bit of a challenge. On paper, 
I do think the Leafs obviously have the edge, for sure. They're probably the top three players in the whole series with Matthews, Tavares, and Marner. Um, but I think that it's going to be an interesting series. I'm not going to get into it uh, fully right now just because, you know, like I said earlier, there's a lot of time to get into it between now and when we actually see it. But to me, these playoffs, it's unprecedented. But I think it's going to, at the end of the day, it could come down to a hot goalie. And if you look at Elvis Merzlikens, he may have been, if not the hottest goalie in the NHL in the in the second half, definitely top three. Um, and, <laughs> you know, that, that poses a little bit of an issue if you're the Maple Leafs. If you can't score goals on the hottest goalie in the league, that's going to be tough. And, and we all know that Freddie Anderson usually comes out of the gate pretty slow. Like, he doesn't usually have good Octobers. And basically, with the amount of time that they're going to have left um, that they would have had from March all the way to July is basically a full off season, which means that much time off ice. You know, Freddie, with starting slow normally, ah, it puts it gives me pause, a little bit of pause, because I think Merzlikens may be able to take... Uh, a couple of games away from Toronto and allow the Blue Jackets to really make it a series. It's probably going to be a low-scoring series. We're going to see a lot of 3-2, you know, 2-1, 2-0 games. I honestly do believe that. And when it comes down to a goalie battle, I don't know if I'm willing to put money down on Freddie being the better goalie in a best-of-five series over Merzlikens. So we'll see what ends up happening. It's going to be interesting. We'll get into it uh, much, much deeper in the coming weeks as we approach uh, a return to play. All right. Um, let's talk about the draft lottery now. And I kind of waited to this for it to be this long because uh, it's still very confusing, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. Super confusing. So if the Leafs end up losing to the Blue Jackets in this best-of-five series and they end up um, in the lottery, we'll say, they have an opportunity to keep their pick because the pick that they traded away to Carolina in order to get Patrick Marlowe's contract off their hands had lottery protection on it. So if they lose, they can choose to keep this year's pick and give Carolina the 2021 first-rounder. It won't have protection on it, but they can keep this year's. So why that is important? Because this is how the draft lottery is going to work. So the seven teams that didn't make the playoffs will have their usual percentage chance at winning a lottery slot. So that's Detroit, Ottawa, Anaheim, L.A., New Jersey, Buffalo, and technically Ottawa actually has two selections in the top seven because they have San Jose's pick. Uh, so the lottery is going to be held on June 26th, and they'll have those seven teams, and then they'll have eight placeholder spots. This is where it gets a little confusing. Because if a placeholder team, which is team A through... G, I guess, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, sorry, H. <laughs> so A through H will be kind of mystery teams. And if one of those teams win one of the top three selections, there'll be a second lottery held for those teams that are eliminated from the playing games, and they'll all be given an equal 12.5% chance at winning that specific slot. So, for example, let's say um, on June 26th it ends up being uh, Ottawa gets the first pick, uh, Team B gets the second pick, and Detroit wins the third pick. So once 
the qualifying round is over and the teams who were eliminated, so let's just say for whatever reason Toronto ends up getting eliminated from from um, Columbus, they will then go into a second draft lottery that will only have the teams that got eliminated that all will have an equal chance at that second spot. It's 12.5% chance at winning that second spot. So that's why it's kind of important that if they end up losing, they keep that pick because then they'll have an opportunity, potentially have an opportunity to get a draft pick. However, if the three lottery slots are awarded to any of the bottom seven teams, then there's no second lottery and the rest of the drafts uh, is just going to be arranged based on points percentage. So like if it goes Detroit, Ottawa, and Ottawa, let's say they get that both picks in the top three, uh, there won't be a second one. And the rest of the teams who end up getting eliminated, uh, they'll kind of just slot in based on points percentage, um, pick 8 through 15. So that's that's essentially how the draft lottery is going to work. I am pretty confident after reading a lot and having conversations with a few different people about how it works. I was a little confused at first because at first when it first came out, there was a rumor that essentially if a one of these placeholder teams end up getting any lottery slots, then they were just going to say, ah, screw it, we'll do it again later and totally redo the draft. And then I read more and, and discussed with more people, and then Batman laid it out a little bit more that, no, 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 the only thing that's going to be redone is the pick that was won by that team, but they're going to have an opportunity to do it. Now, here's the thing, though. And this is what I find a little bit confusing. Like, why bother if, if that's going to happen why even bother doing it on June 26th if there's a potential that one of these placeholder teams could win it? And I mean, last year we did have a technical placeholder team. I believe it was, uh, um, who came up? Doc came up. Uh, Chicago moved all the way up and ended up taking Kirby Doc. And then the Rangers came all the way up and uh, they were able to get Capo Caco. So, you know, it's very possible that this could happen. Very possible. I'm pretty sure Sveshnikov, too. That was a pretty big leap up for Carolina the year that they got Sveshnikov. So this happens. It's, this does happen. So what I'm saying is, why not just wait and then reseed everybody and give them the traditional lottery odds based on how everybody gets reseeded afterwards? So, for example, let's say Pittsburgh gets eliminated and then it just turns out that you know, one of the placeholder slots ended up getting second place or first place, let's say, they get the first pick in the NHL draft. Well, if you do it the way that they're doing it, then that means that Pittsburgh just got eliminated, and they also will hold now a 12.5% chance at getting the first overall pick. Could you imagine? Crosby and Lafreniere? Oh my goodness! But if it's done the way that I believe it should have been done, is you wait until it's, you know, wait until after the qualifying round, you figure out who's there, and you, you reseed them based on points percentage so that a team like Pittsburgh, who is a really good team anyways and doesn't need to load up on youth, um, you know, it's more fair, and then they only have a 1% chance at winning it compared to 12.5%. And then a team who finishes in 8th, will have a higher opportunity than uh, than originally they had. So it, it's definitely uh, got some holes in it, 
it's complicated and, and kind of convoluted a little, but it is what it is, and this is the way that it's going to be. Uh, this one doesn't really have any, we'll wait and see, we're still waiting. No, this is the way it is. So essentially, um, the draft is going to be held on June 26th. If none of those bottom seven teams who didn't make the playoffs, if neither of them win one of the, the three slots, or if one of those teams who are in the play-in win one of those three slots, we'll get a second one. And that'll be for only those players. Only those teams that didn't make the playoffs. It's it's confusing. It's it's hard to even discuss without like drawing it out. It's 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 tough to discuss. So sorry if I butchered it, if I confused you at all. Uh, I tried my best to talk about it, uh, but it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. This is unprecedented times in a COVID world, and they're just trying to think of the fairest way possible to uh, to try and, and do things, and I guess this is what the players agreed on, this is what the league agreed on, so who am I to talk badly about it? You know, the, the, the flip side of, of talking about how a team like Pittsburgh is unfairly being given a 12.5% chance as opposed to 1% is, well, if Pittsburgh gets eliminated, it's kind of unfair for them because they should have been in the playoffs anyways. Like, they would have made the playoffs based on their seeding, and only on a technicality they had to do this this play-in game. So that's why they're being given higher odds as compensation for having to play a play-in game as opposed to being automatically inserted into the playoffs. So, you know, there's two sides to every coin. You can decide which which you want. I still technically would prefer um, just doing one draft lottery and, and having it pushed back until after the qualifying round um, and then just kind of reseeding the teams based on points percentage and, and reseeding their, uh, their lottery odds. But that's just me. You can totally have your own opinion and, and think differently. Uh, all right. That is going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to Lockdown Leafs Podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. If you want more NHL hockey talk, be sure to check out Locked On NHL Podcast. Joe DiBiase and myself uh, just released an episode today, Joe from the Locked On Sabres, and we did a more of a full review of the Eastern Conference outlook from yesterday's news. So definitely go check that out. Um, I'll be back with another Locked On Leafs episode tomorrow. And until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.